Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from Southern California. It's brought to you by Bet River Sportsbook, the most trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Uh, Brian Flores has done the media tour. He's offered up some, uh, some damning allegations. Um, here's, here's the thing, okay? I, we talked with... John Middlecoff last hour and what he said is the reality and what what we do is it's called confirmation bias we hear something an accusation of something so we assume it to be true okay we assume it to be true so you hear him say it was a sham interview with the New York football giants and I was what, what was the cut do we have that cut ready this is he was asked on CBS this morning, okay, about what it felt like to conduct what he felt like was a sham interview with the Giants when they had, by his estimation, already chosen Brian Dable to be their head coach. It was a range of emotions, humiliation, uh, disbelief, um, anger. And I've worked so hard to get to, to where I am from a, uh, in football to become a head coach. Put 18 years in, in this league, and it was uh, to go on what was going to be a what, what felt like or what was a sham interview. I was uh, I was hurt. Okay, he, he was hurt. And when you think of it that way, like man, he was doing an interview, and they'd already hired somebody else. To somebody who does not know the story does not know the business, doesn't think of how coaching works, that sounds believable. And I believe that Brian Flores actually felt that way. I'm not disputing his feelings. There's a problem with it, though. Okay? This wasn't about the Rooney rule. They had already interviewed two black coaches, including Leslie Frazier, who was the defensive coordinator, for Joe Shane, who's the new general manager. He was the defensive coordinator in Buffalo. So if, if he thinks it was a sham interview, it's fine. Okay? It doesn't change the way he feels. If he thinks it was about the Rooney rule, well, that's just inaccurate. Right? I, I, again, I don't think he's lying. I think he's telling his truth from his perspective. That doesn't mean that's what the actual truth is. Now, if it's that he was doing an interview because, well, they wanted to look good in the media. Here's a Brian Flores. I've said this multiple times. And you go back to the last time, two years ago, when Joe Judge got the job. I'm not sure if people remember But there was some talk that Bill Belichick, what if he left the Patriots? And I said, the only place he'd ever leave the Patriots for is the New York Giants. Why is that? John Mara is the owner of the Giants. The greatest football coach that John Mara ever hired was Bill Parcells. And Bill Belichick is from the Bill Parcells tree. And he has a great relationship with Mr. Marm. Such a great relationship. He doesn't call him John publicly. He calls him Mr. That's how Joe Judge got the job. 
And by the way, it's one of the reasons they didn't want to fire Joe Judge. Belichick believes in this guy. I believe in this guy. But public sentiment had just spun so far out of control because of some of the ridiculous press conferences and remarks and how the thing had gone. They just, all right, let's just new general manager, new coach. Let's move on. So John Merrill wanted to interview Brian Flores because Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick disciple and a really well-regarded football guy. He just is. But the idea they were just doing it for the rooting rule or they were just doing it, well, Belichick said they'd already hired a coach. Again, let me let you in on, and this is not just in basketball or in football. It happens in our business. Happens in our business. When Colin left ESPN to go to Fox, most people in the business knew it like six months before it happened. (laughs) You know, same thing with Skip. So th- this idea that like, I, I, you know, I heard you're getting that. Like, that's what all coaches say. I shared this last hour. This is a real thing. That in college basketball right now, people say, well, Bobby Hurley's time is up in Arizona. So he'll go back home to New York. He'll take over St. John's. Mike Anderson's going to take over his alma mater in Tulsa. Frank Haith's going to lose his job. And then Arizona State is probably going to hire somebody, maybe Arizona State background, a pro coach, because their gentleman, because their AD is a former agent and likes the idea of Herm Edwards, this the CEO guy. Maybe Byron Scott, maybe a Mike Brown. That's the kind of guy we get. Byron Scott, of course, played there. Mike Brown didn't play there; played at San Diego, but incredibly well respected. So, if I were to tweet Mike Brown, text Mike Brown, "Hey Brownie, congrats on getting Arizona State," you know, and I mistakenly texted. Todd Golden, who is a friend of mine, he's the head coach of San Francisco. Okay, And I don't believe that Todd Golden, even though he's from Arizona, he's done an amazing job at San Francisco. Amazing. Amazing job at San Francisco. He's from Phoenix. It would be a great hire, but doesn't fit with what the AD wants. If we're honest, the Pac-12, they don't have any black coaches. That, that's got to change. It just all makes sense. By the way, they haven't even parted ways with Bobby Hurley. I don't know if any of this is happening, but people talk in terms as if this is happening and they send out congratulatory texts. That's the reality to it. That's how this business works. And by the way, if Flores has such high integrity and, and I've never questioned and I, when he was fired, we sat here on the show. It's like, man, I can't believe it. The guys, to be fired, that's a surprise to me. Because I do think there's something to, even though they played a really easy schedule and they just loaded up on soft wins at the end of the year, they still, keeping those guys together, th- that's coaching. Keeping them believing, that's coaching. Nobody said he can't coach. It was getting along with people. And honestly, you see it in these interviews. He takes everything to be personal, everything to be a front to his reputation, to his credibility. And he's going General Sherman on a league that, you know, if he was just a little contrite, he probably would have gotten another job. You know? You know, what happened in Miami? You know, I I didn't, I didn't love the idea of two and I probably didn't handle it the right way. And they went like the, like, 
we're acting like these are damning accusations that the owner wanted him to bump. It's called a bump in recruiting. Okay, so, and I don't know, there's so many new rules, whatever, but in sport, in, in college recruiting, there's something in the same place with somebody recruiting and you happen to bump into him and he could say hi and have just kind of a meaningless conversation. That's legal. You're not allowed during dead periods, you're not allowed to, or, or uh, there's certain periods you're not allowed to sit down and talk with them or talk with their high school coach or talk with their parents. But if you bump into them, you bump into them. And especially at basketball events, there's guys that classically position themselves in a fashion where you just happen to bump into the player who just had to be like, that's a, that's a, that's a very normal tampering without tampering thing. So you save that. And when you're fired, you use that. Come on. Really? <laughs> the, 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 the accusations that are most likely to get Stephen Ross in the hottest of water, okay, is the accusations of not just tanking, but potentially offering money. Now, if there's a smoking gun, if there's money, if there's a text, if there's an email, uh, you know, even if you're joking or whatever, and especially if after a loss, there's a deposit of funds into his bank account, it's a major, major problem. But we're kidding ourselves if we didn't think that the Dolphins were tanking that year, if the Jets were tanking the year before that. It happens in basketball. It's the idea of offering money for it, of supporting your guy, which, by the way, is totally believable. Like, hey, look, I know this is your first job. Just help me out. And if you don't win these games, it's not the worst thing in the world for me. You know, I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you get an extra year on your contract. So ultimately it comes back around to you. That is in fact business. That's business. Especially the business of sports where you reward teams that finish terribly down the stretch. Um, But, you know, I I think this is an amazing, it's going to be an amazing time. Flora's, was uh, interesting today on CBS this morning. He had this to say about why he was taking a stand. I absolutely want to coach in this league, but I also know that I'm not the only story here. You know, there are people who have come before me, and and and, and I know there are others who who have a, who have similar stories. And it's hard to speak out. It is. You know, yeah. you're giving up. You're making some sacrifices. But this is again, this is bigger than football. This is bigger than coaching. Here is Brian Flores talking about the claims he made that the Dolphins owner offered him $100,000 to lose. You make claims that you were offered $100,000 for each game this team lose subsequently uh, to get a better draft pick. Yeah, uh, look, this game's done a lot for me. I grew up not far from here in the projects in, in, in Brownsville, Brooklyn. I didn't grow up with a lot. This game, you know, changed my life. So to attack the integrity of the game, that's, that's what I felt was happening in that instance, and um, I wouldn't stand for it. And that was Dolphins owner Stephen Ross? Yes, yes. And you think it hurt your career? I think it, I think it hurt my standing with, with, within the organization and ultimately was the reason why I was let go. Because three years ago you, you, you decided not to tank? Uh, Dan Byer, can you help me? What, why, how, what was, what is the, and, and obviously Flores will hear more from him. Does, does that make logical sense that he would being, believing he was asked and offered extra money to tank that would hurt him and ultimately lead to him being fired three years later? 
It does seem that it's pretty distant. That I don't know why you would keep someone on if you knew two years prior that they weren't, you know, following your your rules. I would think that you could probably dismiss someone after that season if they weren't doing what you were doing or the next season. Um, yeah, I I actually believe the idea that it set a course of. I don't know if this guy's all in with us, right? I mean, I, I can tell you from my business perspective that, you know, a c- couple of the places I worked with, like I wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to play golf with dudes or with the executives. It's just, I felt like my kids were little and going to play golf as enjoyable as it could be where they lived was, you know, it's a half hour one way, mm-hmm. then it's a five hour golf game. Then you have a couple of tri- like it's an entire day. And I think it set me back. I don't think I think there's any. It set me back in the last two places I worked. That it wasn't that I wouldn't play golf with guys, but it's just I don't have a ton of free time because I've always done the radio show. I've had a TV show and done basketball. So all of those other hours have been time with my kids. With my kids, so I, I, there's no doubt that you've got. Well, he's he's not in it. He's not one of us. Right, he doesn't come to this trip to that trip. Like, no, I've never done a guy's trip, ever. I get like born hustler. Gottlieb show doesn't get it. Hashtag Brian Flores. What don't I get? What don't I get? Do I like the idea that there's currently one head coach who's black? No, of course not. It's terrible optics. Do I think that changes? I do. I do. I do. But do I, I think that Brian Flores is out of a job because he's black? I don't. His general manager, his assistant general manager, his director of player personnel, they're all black men. It, it's just simply, he couldn't manage up. He managed down well with his players. He couldn't manage up. You got to be able to manage up and manage down. It's called, I had uh, my, my old agent for a long time, a guy named Steve Hurst. He used to call it social jujitsu. You know, you got to find a way to kind of navigate. And I struggle that with, with that myself. You know, I'm not great on text. I'm one of these kind of cut and dry guys, you know, and I've, I, I've said things in the meetings or sitting down or texting people that they don't come across. Well, I, I, I get it. I totally understand. But you, you pocket these things and you learn from them. Um, so. I, I don't know. I the the hundred thousand dollars per loss is the most damning thing. That's one that if there is proof, it's a hard one for Stephen Ross. I'll also point this out, and this is again, this is how people talk, and this is what is really said. Okay, Stephen Ross, who's done a ton of things in the community, and he's been a guy who has supported his players, a guy who wanted to bring in Deshaun Watson. Regardless of his off-the-field stuff, it's more navigating how the rest of us would view the the Deshaun Watson thing. With that being said, Stephen Ross is a guy who held a fundraiser for President Trump. Remember that? You you don't think that's a portion of this in terms of the 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 dislike, right? You lose your job. You're made out to be the bad guy. Oh, I've been in that position before. 
Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, you're made out to be the bad guy. And then you got a guy who's a Trumper. And there's a clear delineation in the league between people who do and do not support whichever political party they support. All of this is a factor. But the idea that and, and the spirit of the Rooney rule being violated. Nobody likes that to happen. I believe the Rooney rule is a good step. Always has been. Get a diverse voice in there. Have a legit interview. You never know. I'm led to believe from really, really good sources that the reason he got the Dolphins job was the year before, because the Rooney rule, he was brought into a bunch of different interviews and a couple of them he killed. He's great in those settings. And the, and, and the feeling one GM told me, and I said it at the time, you can search my Twitter, was this guy's like a year or two years away. Just got to be a defense coordinator. Got to get a little bit more season, but he's going to be really good. Really good. And what happened to him in losing his job because of how he handled people is no different than what happened to Josh McDaniels in Denver, what happened to Bill O'Brien in Houston, what happened to Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame, what happened to, you, you pick the, the Patriot guy. It's, they try, and be, they try and be Bill wherever they go. And there's only one Bill. So you can call me all the names you want to call me. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows it's the least accurate. You know, it's, it's, it's what we do, right? I would, I, would, I would implore you. I think this is not just divisive, but toxic. You got to be really, really careful when you label people a racist. You know? I've, I've always found that to be kind of fascinating. Well, that guy's a racist. Well, uh, Okay. Why? He, he doesn't care about the color of his skin of his coach, his general manager, his quarterback. People represent his businesses. He's given plenty of opportunities. People like that's you may not like the decisions or why they're made, but it doesn't feel. And anybody you talk to, like all of these are, it feels really hard to prove that race was a factor. And then the other part to it is. A good portion of the lawsuit, if it's about the tanking, and I understand how he tried to tie it all together to this narrative of he was made out to be the angry black man, but it's about the tanking or not bumping Tom Brady. That, that doesn't have to do with racial discrimination. If the Denver Broncos interview was a sham, okay, was it a sham? Was he, it was because he's black? Like they just had fired a black head coach. I, I, there's some massive holes in this lawsuit, and it feels like one that has started a tinderbox fire, and there is a ton of legitimacy to the idea that there needs to be progress, and it feels like we're regressing when, we, when we've had so many good, we've had a high-quality from Jim Caldwell to Tony Dungy to Mike Tomlin, right? We've had plenty of black men who can win Super Bowls, compete for Super Bowls, and can lead football teams. Those are reasonable things. But Brian Flores being the point man to say, hey, the reason I'm out of a job is because I'm black, and the reason that I had an interview 
that I felt like was a sham interview when they had already had interviews with other black men. It just doesn't stand up. And it creates the type of adversarial situation where, like, I don't know if this guy ever works again in the league. And I, I was led to believe he's really close to getting one of these jobs. This segment brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted when it comes, uh, have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Lane Kiffin came out and basically said, hey, you're just buying players. Most people believe he was talking about Texas A&M. Texas A&M is coached by Jimbo Fisher. Wait till you hear what Jimbo Fisher said about Lane Kiffin's um, comments. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get Jimbo Fisher. He's He is... I cannot believe what I'm hearing from these guys. R.J. Young joins us, Fox Sports College Football Analyst. It's National Signing Day, R.J. Um, Jimbo Fisher's like, man, it's not $30 million, It's not even $5 million. What What's the truth? How did Texas A&M, who they ain't won anything in 30 years, how did they land this remarkable class? I choose to take the man at his word, right? Uh, and he's really loud about this, and I thought what was most interesting about this is that he didn't leave anybody out. Uh, He talked about message board posters and administrators and coaches within the SEC. He's vehemently denying any uh, sort of fund, I think, that that was uh, insinuated that they are using to sign name, image, and likeness deals to these players. But, look, they've been building toward this for the last 18 months, really, ever since Alabama put together last year's not just number one class, but at the time, the best recruiting class of all time. I think Jimbo's got a point here in that last year, we were all yelling about what Nick Saban had just done and thinking about, man, the dude is nearly 70 at the time, 70 now, and he's out there recruiting like he's 20. And Jimbo Fisher did the same thing this year, and the conversation has been about name, image, and likeness. And I understand wanting to get your flowers and being upset when nobody gives them to you. Uh, okay, so what what about um, Alabama? How are they in comparison? They're right there, right? It's them and Georgia at two and three. Uh, Ohio State, Texas also bringing up those those top five classes presently. So it's the same as it always was, really. Uh, the reason that A&M is even a bigger deal is they're the first team not called Alabama or Georgia to finish number one in the recruiting ranking since Urban Meyer's Florida in 2010. And if you're keeping track there you know that means that every team that has finished number one in the recruiting ranking in the cfp era has won a national championship eventually right and that's what a&m is also building toward because you'll know better than most doug they haven't won a national championship in football since 1939 and a conference title since 1998 which is coincidentally the year we started you know ranking recruiting classes uh, what about USC? They get Caleb Williams yesterday, and how do you how do you combine the transfer portal with the recruiting class? Well, for them, it's mostly transfer portal, and that is their 2022 recruiting class. Uh, they signed 14 players, 13 transfers, and of course, picking up the big one in Caleb Williams yesterday on Tuesday, and and that's still a, a dominant storyline here. 
what it says is Lincoln Riley still Lincoln Riley. He's a remarkable recruiter, and his relationships with players have been tested. Uh, and he's one of the guys that he wanted to get. Uh, Mario Williams also coming from Oklahoma, Latrell McCutcheon coming from Oklahoma, and, and half his staff at USC. But I think what's interesting is how the public views this, right? So at Fox Bet, they had odds of USC winning a national championship at eight plus 8,000 on January 13th. The morning that Caleb Williams decided to transfer or announced that he transferred to USC, uh, the odds went to 3,500 which you know, is really the book's reflection of what we think, not what they think is going to happen. So we all think they're going to be good, but they have so much they have to get right on defense. And for them, the road still goes through the Pac-12 South through Utah, and Utah's got to be feeling some kind of way about us talking well about USC after they just won the Pac-12 championship and gave Ohio State a hell of a game. Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. Um, who's been the most disappointing so far in terms of recruiting class? Like we're talking about who's great, who's been the most disappointing? Uh, for me, presently, it is Clemson. I thought they would have finished inside of the of the top ten uh, and even top five with Dabo Sweeney making a strong effort uh, toward the end there. But like losing both of your coordinators, that's really that's going to suck, right? Especially at a place where the continuity has been the selling point. And he's been able to retain those dudes over and over again. But I think outside of that, uh, LSU had a little egg on face until they picked up Harold Perkins late, so it's hard to call them a, a loser. They had a noted recruit that, you know, danced with Brian Kelly, who ended up flipping to Alabama, and that doesn't look so good. Um, and then, of course, uh, seeing the, that there hasn't been a lot of smoke out of Oregon. I expected to see a lot of fireworks with Dan Lanning coming from Georgia, having that national championship in his pocket, putting together mostly uh, an SEC staff or guys that were from the SEC, but it just hasn't worked out that way. So those would be my two, Oregon and Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how people thought that would work him coming from the SEC. You're, you're, you're recruiting a completely different area, a completely different kid, aren't you? Yeah, for the most part, but uh, Mario Cristobal had come from the SEC, right? He was an Alabama offensive line coach and uh, went over there, but he also was elevated, so there's something to that. But for a long time, I called Oregon the kind of place that was recruiting like an SEC West-West program because they were remarkable in 2021 and even in 2020 and what they were able to do as far as convincing guys. And, you know, like, let's, let's not get it twisted. Kayvon Thibodeau went there. He didn't go to Florida State. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to anywhere in the southeast. He went there. So I think we could say, yeah, Dan Lanning should be able to recruit like one of those programs, but I'm a little shocked that he didn't. And I think you're right to point that out. Yeah. Um, we talked about Lincoln Riley. What about Oklahoma? You bring mm-hmm. back Brent Venables. You kind of re- reunite the old family. But they did take some hits with, with some of these guys bailing. Uh, what's Oklahoma going to look like? I'm actually cautiously optimistic about that. Now, um, out myself here, right? I grew up an Oklahoma fan. I'm from the state. Uh, I went to high school in Tulsa. So it's, it's been my team. And when Venables was announced as the guy, one of the first things that I was interested in is how was he going to rebound in this recruiting cycle? And they managed to put together a top 10 class without a single five-star which for me is still a feat, especially in this age of the transfer portal and how it has impacted every single program in the FBS. But uh, I think they're playing with house money this year. They got an offensive coordinator that had a great season at Ole Miss last year. They got a quarterback that knows how to run his system. And they got a guy that knows how to coach defense, uh, both at Oklahoma and at Clemson. 
I think uh, if they win 10 games next year, that's that's got to be uh, what you hope for. Now, what's going to be interesting is uh, which one wins more, uh, Brent Venables or Lincoln Riley, and then that's where we're going to have. Like, one of the things I've said is USC and Oklahoma are my favorite Shakespearean tragedy right now because, like, they're just – it's all there. Uh, it's Brutus is an honorable man. It's – uh, the devil himself could not shout a name more hateful to my ear. Like it's all there. But I think they're gonna they're gonna compete in the Big Twelve. But right now it feels like it's Baylor and it's Texas for me. Mm, interesting stuff. Well, listen, uh, love what you're doing. Love that you're with us. That was that that is awesome stuff. It's obviously a huge day. R.J. Young, Fox Sports College football analyst. It is National Signing Day, and the knives are out for some of these coaches uh, <laughs> when they have to answer these questions. R.J., thanks for joining us, bro. Thanks, Doug. All right, uh, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines on World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted online name, trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania. To play gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is so funny. Take a listen. This is, by the way, this is Jimbo Fisher saying he's pissed off. Five, I mean, there's no 10. This is garbage. And it does. It pisses me off. And here, it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the internet, it's gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league to say it, clown acts, all right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guys griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll trust, I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. It's fast. The SEC is is a trip, man. I, I think there's a gray area there that Jimbo is able to kind of escape into, which is there isn't necessarily a fund. It's not a university authorized fund. There's just donors that tell us who you want and we'll find a way to get it done. Right. Find a way to get it done. Find a way. I love the SEC. Love it. The Bengals have settled, settled on their Super Bowl uniforms first, and now the Rams have. The Rams have. Interesting, interesting selection. Want to know what they're wearing? Find out next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to Dan Beyer. What do you got, Danny? Doug, Brian Flores, not the only former NFL coach saying that he was offered money to tank in the NFL. Former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson says that he was given an offer by Browns owner Jimmy Haslam to continue losing in Cleveland. Jackson made the comments on social media, claiming the amount that was offered was a, quote, good number, end quote. Browns have responded by saying that Jackson's comments are completely fabricated and any claim of tanking is, quote, categorically false. Buffalo Bills hired former Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady to be the team's quarterbacks coach. The Washington football team will now be known as the Washington Commanders after removing the previous nickname from more than a year and a half ago. Someone on this staff called Washington Commanders. We may talk about that in the press. Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher firing back at claims that they used NIL money to give to their recruiting class. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke, and it's insulting to, uh, to our staff, how hard we work, to how we do things, and it's insulting to Texas A&M because there ain't a better place to go to school and play ball. If you don't like it, we're coming on. Get used to it. We ain't going nowhere. 24-7 Sports is Texas A&M with we the highest. 
<laughs> go with nowhere. Highest rated we class of all time that includes seven five-star players. Just because everybody loves going to Texas A&M. Sure. It's uh-huh. all yours, Doug. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jimbo Fisher, He's he is, I cannot believe what I'm hearing from these guys. R.J. Young joins us, Fox Sports College Football Analyst. It's National Signing Day, R.J. Um, Jimbo Fisher's like, man, it's not $30 million, it's not even $5 million. What What's the truth? How did Texas A&M, who they ain't won anything in 30 years, how did they land this remarkable class? I choose to take the man at his word, right? Uh, and he's really loud about this, and I thought what was most interesting about this is that he didn't leave anybody out. Uh, he talked about message board posters and administrators and coaches within the SEC. He's vehemently denying any uh, sort of fund, I think, that that was uh, insinuated that they are using to sign national name, image, and likeness deals to these players. But, look, they've been building toward this for the last 18 months, really, ever since Alabama put together last year's not just number one class, but at the time, the best recruiting class of all time. I think Jimbo's got a point here in that last year, we were all yelling about what Nick Saban had just done and thinking about, man, the dude is nearly 70 at the time, 70 now, and he's out there recruiting like he's 20. And Jimbo Fisher did the same thing this year, and the conversation has been about name, image, and likeness. And I understand wanting to get your flowers and being upset when nobody gives them to you. Uh, okay, so what what about um, Alabama? How are they in comparison? They're right there, right? It's them and Georgia at two and three. Uh, Ohio State, Texas also bringing up those those top five classes presently. So it's the same as it always was, really. Uh, the reason that A&M is even a bigger deal is they're the first team not called Alabama or Georgia to finish number one in the recruiting ranking since Urban Myers, Florida in 2010. And if you're keeping track there, you know, that means that every team that has finished number one in the recruiting ranking in the CFP era has won a national championship eventually, right? And that's what A&M is also building toward, because you'll know better than most, Doug, they haven't won a national championship in football since 1939 and a conference title since 1998, which is coincidentally the year we started, you know, ranking recruiting classes. Uh, what about USC? They get Caleb Williams yesterday, and how do you how do you combine the transfer portal with the recruiting class? Well, for them, it's mostly transfer portal, and that is their 2022 recruiting class. Uh, they signed 14 players, 13 transfers, and of course, picking up the big one in Caleb Williams yesterday on Tuesday, and and that's still a, a dominant storyline here. What it says is Lincoln Riley's still Lincoln Riley. He's a remarkable recruiter. And his relationships with players have been tested. Uh, and he's one of the guys that he wanted to get. Uh, Mario Williams, also coming from Oklahoma. Latrell McCutcheon, coming from Oklahoma. And, and half his staff at USC. But I think what's interesting is how the public views this. right? So at Fox Bet, they had odds of USC winning a national championship at eight, plus 8,000 on January 13th. The morning that Caleb Williams decided to transfer or announced that he transferred to USC, uh, the odds went to 3,500, which you know is really the book's reflection of what we think, not what they think is going to happen. So we all think they're going to be good, but they have so much they have to get right on defense. And for them, the road still goes through the Pac-12 South through Utah, and Utah's got to be feeling some kind of way about us talking well about USC after they just won the Pac-12 championship and gave Ohio State a hell of a game. 
Yeah. No, it's 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 fascinating. Um, who's been the most disappointing so far in terms of recruiting class? Like we're talking about who's great. Who's been the most disappointing? Uh, for me, presently, it is Clemson. I thought they would have finished inside of the of the top ten, uh, and even top five, with Dabo Sweeney making a strong effort uh, toward the end there. But like losing both of your coordinators, that's really that's going to suck, right? Especially at a place where the continuity has been the selling point, and he's been able to retain those dudes over and over again. But I think. Outside of that, uh, LSU had a little egg on face until they picked up Harold Perkins late, so it's hard to call them a, a loser. They had a noted recruit that you know danced with Brian Kelly, who ended up flipping to Alabama, and that doesn't look so good. Um, and then, of course, uh, seeing the, that there hasn't been a lot of smoke out of Oregon, I expected to see a lot of fireworks with Dan Lanning coming from Georgia, having that national championship in his pocket, putting together mostly uh, an SEC staff or guys that were from the SEC, but it just hasn't worked out that way. So those would be my two, Oregon and Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how people thought that would work him coming from the SEC. You're, you're, you're recruiting a completely different area, a completely different kid, aren't you? Yeah, for the most part, but uh, Mario Cristobal had come from the SEC, right? He was an Alabama offensive line coach and uh, went over there, but he also was elevated, so there's something to that. But for a long time, I called Oregon the kind of place that was recruiting like an SEC West-West program because they were remarkable in 2021 and even in 2020 and what they were able to do as far as convincing guys. And, you know, like, let's, let's not get it twisted. Kayvon Thibodeau went there. He didn't go to Florida State. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to anywhere in the southeast. He went there. So I think we could say, yeah, Dan Lanning should be able to recruit like one of those programs. But I'm a little shocked that he didn't. And I think you're right to point that out. Yeah. Um, we talked about Lincoln Riley. What about Oklahoma? You bring mm-hmm. back Brent Venables. You kind of re- reunite the old family. But they did take some hits with, with some of these guys bailing. Uh, what's Oklahoma going to look like? I'm actually cautiously optimistic about that. Now, um, out myself here, right? I grew up an Oklahoma fan. I'm from the state. Uh, I went to high school in Tulsa. So it's, it's been my team. And when Venables was announced as the guy, one of the first things that I was interested in is how was he going to rebound in this recruiting cycle? And they managed to put together a top 10 class without a single five-star which for me is still a feat, especially in this age of the transfer portal and how it has impacted every single program in the FBS. But uh, I think they're playing with house money this year. They got an offensive coordinator that had a great season at Ole Miss last year. They got a quarterback that knows how to run his system. And they got a guy that knows how to coach defense, uh, both at Oklahoma and at Clemson. I think uh, if they win 10 games next year, that's that's got to be uh, – what you hope for. Now, what's going to be interesting is uh, which one wins more, uh, Brent Venables or Lincoln Riley, and then that's where we're going to have. Like, one of the things I've said is USC and Oklahoma are my favorite Shakespearean tragedy right now because, like, they're just, it's all there. Uh, it's Brutus is an honorable man. It's uh, the devil himself <laughs> could not shout a name more hateful to my ear. Like, it's all there. But I think they're going to they're gonna compete in the Big 12, but right now it feels like it's Baylor and it's Texas for me. Mm, interesting stuff. Well, listen, uh, love what you're doing. Love that you're with us. That was that. That is awesome stuff. It's obviously a huge day. R.J. Young, Fox Sports College football analyst. It is National Signing Day, and the knives are out for some of these coaches uh, when they have to answer these questions. R.J., thanks for joining us, bro. Thanks, Doug.
All right, uh, it's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines on World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted online name. Trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is so funny. Take a listen. This is, by the way, this is Jimbo Fisher saying he's pissed off. Five, I mean, there's no 10. This is garbage. And it does. It pisses me off. And here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the Internet. It's gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league say it, clown acts. All right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guys griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll, trust, I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. It, it's fast. The SEC is, is a trip, man. I, I think there's a gray area there that Jimbo is able to kind of escape into, which is there isn't necessarily a fund. It's not a university-authorized fund. There's just donors that tell us who you want, and we'll find a way to get it done, right? Find a way to get it done. Find a way. I love the SEC. Love it. The Bengals have settled on their Super Bowl uniforms first, and now the Rams have. The Rams have. Interesting, interesting selection. Want to know what they're wearing? Find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Every day at this time we get to the stories of the day, we do so by getting to the press. The Press. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, we're going to start out, first of all, uh, in the Pacific time zone. We missed our uh, opportunities. Jason Stewart was uh, was really excited about what today was, Doug. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jason, go ahead and fill Doug in on, on what, what we missed out on. I mean, I had, I had the surprise uh, lined up. I had... Uh, Ramos pulled some kind of bell whistle thing, and at 2.22, we were going to do it, and then I was going to bring attention to the fact that the only time in our lifetime, it'll be 2.22 on 2.22, on um, but, you know, we got into a commercial, and it just kind of blew it, so now uh, I wanted to bring attention to it 30 minutes later, which does no service at all. Okay, how about this one? I'll make it up to you, okay? On 2.22.22, at 2.22... We can have the same sort of thing. That's making it up to me. That's the. Yeah. I mean, that's the bare least you could do. I thought you said you were going to buy us gifts or something. No. Uh, okay. We'll just do something. This? Hey, here's we what always exchange gifts. Here's, a, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll, here, here's, right. Here's what I'll do for you. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years. You know, Jason, when it comes to the premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their businesses. And for us weekend Joes, you know, like me and Dan Beyer, Beyer loves doing it in the yard. Hustler Turf has the full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. That's for you, Jason. Check, that, that felt good. Checking the old calendar. You guys want to take a guess on what day February 22nd falls on? Uh, okay, it's three weeks from yesterday. It's a Monday. John, what do you think? 
I, I get Monday. I'll go with oh, you're gonna, you, There's seven days you oh, double up answers. Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. It's a Tuesday. I'm sorry. Yes, it's a Tuesday. Are we having a management meeting in the, in the studio that we don't know about? What's, go, what's going on? What's, uh, what's Lingard doing in the studio, uh, Jason? What are no. we... What I we... was alive the last two twenty two twenty two. I knew <laughs> Yay. that day. <laughs> yes, two twenty two of twenty twenty two is on a Tuesday. Doug, do you know what happened? Which on... is the second day of the week. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I I always thought of the the uh, I is does the week start on a Sunday or a Monday? I've I've forgotten that, but I, I'll go with right. your word of it. The second day of the right. week. On July 12th of 2020, do you know what happened, Doug? This is not meant to be trivia, but it will lead no, to our no next idea. story. No. John Ramos, do you want to tell what you uh, tweeted on July 12th of 2020? On July 12th of 2020, I tweeted out that the Washington football team should call their team the Commanders. Since we call our president's commander-in-chief was That's John's correct. reasoning, and today we found out the Washington football team will now be known as the Washington Commanders. Yay. There it is. John How Ramos. about that one, man? Don't think it's going to be shortened to uh, commies. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Go, commies, go. Go. What about the Manders? Right, John right. did tweet about this last night as well, saying that he was ahead of the game by two and a half years. I was trying to get as much yeah. as I could, Doug, out of this tweet. That it was only you know. one and a half years, but who cares about the details? <laughs> was it? Yes. 21 to, you're right. Yes. Oh, well. All right. Bad with numbers. The Super Bowl is fast approaching, a week and a half away, and we talked earlier on the show how the Bengals are wearing their black jersey, and Doug, we brought up the point of the Rams wearing their road jersey. There had been some thought that maybe they couldn't wear their white jerseys because it was an alternate and not their primary road uniform. That is not the case. The Rams have just tweeted out a video within the last 20 minutes showing a Super Bowl 56 patch going on a white jersey, and it's believed the team will wear yellow pants in Super Bowl 56. Yellow britches. Yes. You go pants or britches? I go pants. Anybody else think, did, did Cooper Cup did he make one of those uh, space heaters? You know, is he Amish? Mm. What's the deal with that beard? Can we get that beard trimmed? Huh. Jason's okay. still watching that Rachel Bonetta video of Cooper Cup. That, that was outstanding. With. That was very funny. Did you, did you see that, Doug? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay. She's good? Yeah. She's very funny. Rachel's it's very funny. Very, very funny. Former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson, now the head coach at Grambling, says Browns owner Jimmy Haslam offered him money to continue losing in Cleveland. Jackson making the claims on social media, saying the amount that was offered was a, quote, good number. End quote. Browns say that those comments are completely fabricated and any claim of tanking is, quote, categorically false, end quote. I don't think they ever meant to have him win zero games or one game. But... I don't know. I want. I want to see who's got proof of this stuff. Zero. I don't blame. Zero. I don't blame the coaches. I don't blame the players. I don't blame the front office. I don't blame ownership and how they deal with tanking. It's how the league deals with with tanking. And when you're the NBA or the NFL, and the NBA has a draft lottery to try to prevent that, but I don't know how much it really does. You open yourself to this when you allow yourself to be rewarded for playing bad, and that's. That's what happens, and that's why I think the NBA draft lottery should be even odds across the board. Like it used to be? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that that's – and if the NFL wanted to go with a, a draft lottery, I would be yeah. fine with it. If there is a certain way where 
you were saying, you know, certain teams or certain however you wanted to do it. But yep. if you're giving the first pick to the worst team, it gives incentives yeah. for those teams and those front offices to not win games. I think it's a league problem. Oh, wow. I actually completely agree with you. Yeah. Completely agree with you. It's just uh, – um. Yeah, I, yep, I just yep. I, I can totally understand why if you were a GM you would want to you know especially if you had a bad team in your division we want to pick ahead of that team that's the team that you Not know just we, that but if you have yeah. a you know a, uh, you know you got a shot at a franchise changing quarterback and you're bad yeah like, I I don't blame him. I agree with you. And uh, we touched on this a little while earlier, but Brian Kelly, the new head coach at LSU, had gone viral recently with some of the videos that he made with uh, recruits and uh, his dancing. Eight million views, I think, that one dancing video got. And the one that we're talking about was with Danny Lewis, a tight end prospect. Well, he has chosen to go to Alabama over LSU on this, national, on this national signing day. All, this, all that dancing for nothing, huh? Yes, and uh, Jim Harbaugh had his second interview with the uh, Vikings today. No word if it's been completed, but uh, Jim Harbaugh speaking with the Vikings And, and, and for people who want to understand the Vikings thing, okay? So the Vikings general manager, right? the Vikings general manager used to, his name is Kwesi Adolfa Mensa, who we've told you, like, by all accounts, used to do derivatives like Princeton and, was it Princeton and Stanford? Is that where he has degrees from? Uh, yeah, Princeton and Stanford. Worked on Wall Street, but he got his start in 2013 under Trent Baalke and Jim Harbaugh. There's the ties. This is Doug Gottlieb's show on Fox Sports Radio.